Men didn't used to be this bad at writing romance. What happened? Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And I'm Kyle Calgren. I'm on this one. Yes, he is. It's a very special episode because... <laughs> we need the male perspective. We need someone to defend them or to confirm uh, wait, that... Wait, I'm defending this? This is why I'm on the... <laughs> you, need to either, you need to either let us tell know... Tell us why tell men us are so bad at writing romance. The I, hashtag, I, not all men are Zach like Braff this. Zach Braff is not my fault. Let us hashtag know that not has- all men are bad at writing yeah, romance, yeah. right? Or, or, or you can just let us know that we're naive for even having hope anymore <laughs> that men could ever write good romance because the evidence is strong. I mean, the whole golden abilities. age of film is like example that men could do it at one point. What happened? Did men stop falling in love or did they stop being able to articulate it? Or Ooh, I'm really enjoying putting Kyle on the spot. Or, no or did, what, what, what happened? Did grunge do it? How did the, the fuck culture, the nineties, <laughs> Did grunge do it? <laughs> Did grunge do it? Did grunge do it? Did Is Kurt Cobain responsible Kurt Cobain. for the death of the romantic I comedy? Would, Is would, that what you're... I would argue... What the fuck is this opening? Kurt Cobain was a romantic, and I would argue that he would write a far superior uh, romantic Oh, movie. yeah, 100%. Yeah. I wasn't talking about... When I say grunge, I don't automatically mean Kurt Cobain. There's a whole genre. You mean like the lead singer of Mud Honey? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly who I'm talking about. I knew it. <laughs> I don't really follow romance as a genre. I don't think about love stories all that much. Oh, really? Thanks, honey. I mean, that's why I love you, because you teach me things every day. Oh, That's nice. Garden State sucks. Uh, <clears throat> yes, that's the movie. This week, we are doing Garden State. We took long that last. long to talk about. Honestly, but you know what? Movie. Being long-winded is exactly what this movie is about, so I feel like that was a proper beginning to this episode. Okay, in honor of this movie, I'm going to just stare off into space and think. I have some uh, random pills in my bag, and I, I think I'll force one of you to take them. Just to do a little bit oh, of role yeah, play. Oh, yeah, with a little smiley face so, on it. <laughs> okay, um, I'm trying to think of how old I was when Garden State first came out. It was 2004. I think I, was, I wasn't living in the United States when it came out. I just arrived to the States in 2005, and just people had already known this movie and loved this movie and had posters of this movie up in their dorm rooms, and I never got the appeal. I was, I think, around 12 when it came out, and my brother was 10, and he, when he watched it, he was immediately obsessed with it and bought the DVD, and so that's how I watched it. We, we didn't see it in the theater. It was, like, one of those things, because, I mean, we were in Georgia, and it's hard for, like, indie movies to come, so it's usually something that you find out about on the internet or, like, word of mouth or something, and then you have to buy it, and then you, there's all this in- anticipation at home, and anyway, my brother got it and was just, like, gotta watch this. This is my... This is like my 10 year old, 10, 11 year old brother. I was like, you got to watch this. And we watched it. And I and remember not really being amused, but then downloading all of the songs on it and making a mixed CD. Yeah, I was 14. Um, 
I'm from Seattle. The shins are from Seattle. I loved the shit out of this. I, I was I liked this movie. I did. The first time I saw it. I, I rewatched it again, I think five years ago, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then I rewatched it again today, and it's been it's a it's a gradual process of unlearning. I still understand why 14-year-old me liked it, but 14-year-old me liked a lot of things um, and a lot of people. And, like, when I think about my... (laughs) When I think about what I liked at 14, I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I think that there's... Any skateboarder who looked at me, you know? I think in the mid-2000s, kind of, like, the sheen of the indie movie was still, like, a thing. Like, it, in indie was more, less, I think, less, like, independent film and more, like... In it a, was more an aesthetic, it, yeah. It was a brand, essentially, because Miramax had been around and been a major power for at least a decade by that point and had kind of, like, codified its own brand of indie movie, for better or for worse. Um, yeah. Usually it... Usually something super marketable with, you know, an original soundtrack that you can get with songs inspired by the movie. Like anything played in this film. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... So, okay, is Garden State an ad for the shins? Discuss. (laughs) Yes. Garden State... It's it, an ad for Shin fandom. Like definitely. it's an ad for anyone Shin's adjacent. Even if you don't necessarily care about them, it's an ad for anyone who would be friends with a large amount of people that would go to a Shin's concert. It's an ad for sitting in a basement while someone I puts definitely on the didn't know who they high. were before this movie. <laughs> I didn't know. It's an ad for sitting in a basement. Yeah, sitting in a basement <laughs> while somebody puts on, you know, uh, yeah, they they put on the shins and you get high and then like you talk about death. So uh, meanwhile, whole- I'm over here trying to figure out how old Zach Braff was when he did this. Um, Twenty nine. Okay, <laughs> now I have a frame of reference. That makes me yeah. I don't so, know if that makes it better or worse, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. So so Carton State was written and directed by 29-year-old Zachary Braff. Zach Braff. Actually, is it true? Yeah, Zachary. (laughs) I was like, is it just Zach? Um, It's short for Zachariah. uh, Yeah, it was. And uh, it's starring. This is so weird because I feel like it's so everyone knows Everyone knows, but just just for the sake of the people, if you lived under a rock or if you are very young, it stars Zach Braff as, in my opinion, clearly some version of himself. Um, okay, he, he's playing an actor who has already had some success in Hollywood and he comes home. Yeah. After, yeah. Definitely some version of himself. Yeah. N- Natalie Portman, Peter Sarsgaard, or as I like to call him, Mr. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, Ian Holm, Gene Smart, uh, Method Man, which we'll get to, <laughs> uh, Ann Dowd is here, <laughs> Christina Hendricks' husband is here, good for him, um, <laughs> I love that, Sheldon, Dennis O'Hare is here. Oh, I was about to get to oh, Jim Jim, Par- Jim Parsons is here. Yes. 
and I'll get to him. I have I have a beef. Oh, oh yes, you do. You do have beef. Um, <laughs> I'm always here for beef. I'm always here for like let's let's let the feud unfold. You know, and uh, <laughs> how do you talk about a movie like this? It's just, it's just <laughs> it starts with Zach Braff is on a plane. Well, this is a dream sequence, but he's on a plane and it starts to go down and everyone's freaking out and he's just very, he very calmly gets an oxygen mask and just like stares blankly into space. Cause he feels It's like he turns nothing. a little fan above him. And there's like some, like for some reason, like some like Hindi music playing for some reason. Like it just, it, I don't know. Wait, what, in that scene? Yeah. That scene? There yeah. is definitely some vague. Well, he works middle. at a, a Thai restaurant. No, no, the scene in the right. plane. Right. Oh, I didn't, when, I didn't realize plane. that. Yeah, 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 it's super loud. I mean, it's some kind of like. Yeah, that's what I felt like. Didn't you? Didn't I? It's it sounded I, something. Like I feel that. very unobservant now. Okay, <laughs> but sorry. That's not, no, don't apologize. <laughs> no. Um, so he. So I'm responding by staring blankly into space. <laughs> so it, so it goes down, and then he wakes up, and it's just like, oh, he was having a. Okay, who has a dream about like not caring? Like who who I has a, who has a dream about being that inactive? I just don't. I have a lot of um, death dreams, a lot of very violent dreams, but I'm always actively trying to escape it. Yeah, but he's. But just, I guess that's the whole point. Yeah, is he just he, doesn't even. He just doesn't even care. Man. And then he wakes up in a very, very white bedroom with like white sheets and like a white pillow. It's just like very. This boring. is a very, very white movie, though. Yeah, it's it's very it, weird that there's just like nothing. One might say that his, the the empty whiteness of his room is just foreshadowing for the rest of the movie. <laughs> empty whiteness. <laughs> Yes. The empty whiteness of his life. The unbearable mm-hmm. whiteness of, of Garden being. State. The unbearable whiteness of being. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> so he gets a call from his dad, Ian Holm, and his dad is like super panicked and basically it reveals to him that his mother drowned and that he needs to come to the funeral. And he reacts with nothing. No reaction. And then we hear Coldplay's Don't Panic. And that's and that's when the Garden State title pops up. It's Coldplay's Don't Panic that plays. You know, the, we live in a beautiful world. Remember when we all tolerated Coldplay? I mean, we when we as a species tolerated Coldplay? I mean, well, it's like, I feel like... I will, I will say that their music before 2010... It, it, it yeah. went. Yeah. It yeah. went. Yeah, it did. I don't think we were tolerating Clock it. I think it was. I think it was good for yeah. a while, and then good. like many artists, they just like. I don't know if it was them. I don't know if it was their record deals. I don't know. Sometimes I think people can only make a certain amount of actually good music. Yeah. Or like like it's best to just stop and go do something else. Anyways, uh, that that's a digression. But I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And he, there's just this whole thing where he shows up late to the Vietnamese restaurant that he works at, and his for bo- some reason, and then his boss is and just he has like, eyeliner on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Love I, it. I, I noted the very eyeliner. very subtle. This was during the face. time of yeah. quote guyliner, so that was a very, <sighs> yeah, yeah, and like his, 
like his boss is just like oh like is like holding a headshot for another another white dude is just like if you don't show up on time this guy is gonna get your job um like in okay <laughs> is the joke that he that he's white in this place i don't i when what are the jokes in this movie explain the joke yeah because i don't know <laughs> must be like huh? is the like, joke life man is, man. is there <laughs> is there a joke i mean i don't i don't know a uh, woman a woman gets really angry because she can't order bread at the vietnamese place and he's like uh well it's a vietnamese place and then it gets the camera gets closer to his face and then I really get a good look at his eyeliner. And I'm like, <laughs> All right, strap in, Bronwyn. <laughs> really, um, he did a good wing, though. Yeah. Maybe I need to make a Zach Braff makeup tutorial for the Garden State. Is it too late for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I stare blankly into space. So we, <laughs> so we go to the funeral, and oh my god, I love, I love his his um. <laughs> Oh God! I suddenly forgot the t- the word for um, dead. His deceased mother, <laughs> his deceased mother's friend, who sings that once, once, twice, three times a lady. Oh yeah, and like full Jerry Jerry Lewis level like absolutely. I loved it. Every Just second, absolutely, of it. like let's multiply that scene. She should have been the star. <laughs> I she should have played the Zach Brown. I love that absolutely. woman. I love that woman so much. When she when she gives him the shirt. Oh, before she gives him the shirt, she's just like, "I got, I made you a shirt from the material." Actually, her entire monologue is great. Let's let's do this woman justice. She's like, "Your mother never wanted to change anything. Never wanted to change anything in the house. And then all of a sudden, she decides that she wants to redo the bathroom. Just just out." out of nowhere and then and then we redo the bathroom and it's beautiful beautiful and I, I made a shirt with the leftover material and it's it's great you got to try it on and he's just like right now and she's just like well you know <laughs> what if you leave and we don't see you for another 15 years and we don't know if it fits <laughs> leading up to the one perfect shot Abs- she's the hashtag one perfect shot of this character movie. i want to drink mimosas with the most that's that lady that woman she <laughs> yes the camouflage yes one perfect shot I where love- he just fades into the wallpaper while staring blankly into space whatever that's a great shirt um it's a great wallpaper I yeah think she, i think i think she if she i wanted to mimic job. any aspect of garden state it would be that yeah i want that shirt I'm surprised that shirt. You know, now there'd be like a merch site with that shirt. Do you want the shirt? <laughs> I'd oh. Wear the shirt. oh, absolutely. <laughs> but shouldn't you sell the shirt with the wallpaper? Otherwise, it doesn't work. Oh yeah, true. It's truly a set. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to separate them. Um, that could be a Halloween costume. Just get a wall behind you, like strapped to your back, while wearing the shirt. I've definitely seen on somebody <laughs> do that on Instagram, <laughs> but a while back. How did we just watch this? Like, didn't we just watch this like again? Like, we watched it like a few weeks ago, and then we watched it again like a day or two ago. And I'm already just like, what happened? I mean, it's like what he, happens in this movie? He goes to the funeral, and then 
he doesn't feel and then he feels. And then because he, he has to go to the doctor. Yeah. Yes, he has to go to the doctor. Which yeah. is a very important scene because he meets Natalie no, Portman. He meets Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman who plays, God, what's her name? Sam. Um, oh my God! Sam. I, lo- I love this. I love Girls this. aren't named Sam. What? Uh, I love this description of she her. She must this. be not like other girls. Really? <laughs> Perhaps she must be unique. <laughs> there is this description of her in Wikip- on Wikipedia is, is is bananas. It's Sam, an eccentric epileptic and compulsive liar. <laughs> eccentric. I mean, an eccentric epileptic. Le- uh, I can't. An eccentric. That's actually. Eccentric a t- epileptic. I think that's legally a tongue twister. <laughs> eccentric epileptic. Eccentric epileptic. I'm sorry. I'm popping into your mic. My first thought is just like he's been living in LA as an actor. Hasn't he been surrounded by pathological liars? <laughs> like 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 conventionally right. attractive pathological liars? Like why is Natalie Portman new? <laughs> it's, it's, is she just a Los Angeles person who happens to be in New Jersey and you that's know, why she stands out? You know why she you know why he didn't know Natalie Portman before and he knows everyone else in town? Because she's a teenager. Yes. So here comes my argument for this movie. I'm sorry, here we are, here we are. And I, right after the first time we rewatched this movie, I did a poll where it was like, How old do you think Natalie Portman is? Is she between I asked, is she between the ages of 17 and 19 or between the ages of 20 and 22? And like people were just like, What are you talking about? She's gotta be an adult because she's got a job and blah blah blah. And you know, she goes to bars, and I'm just like, or is it just a small town and no one cares? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She definitely feels 18 or 19. She does. Yeah. She really does. Yeah. She, he's supposed to be like 26 or something. Yes, because I remember his friend saying that um, uh, uh, Peter says that he's 26. And so they're like, they were in the same class, right? There's a line that shows. Yeah. There's a line that is inflicted later but. in the film where he says that what he likes about her is that she's innocent. Oh, God, yeah. No, that, I I yeah. always get creeped out by that. Yeah, yeah and... <laughs> you seem virginal, and maybe, like... Yeah. You'll be impressed with everything I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all I hear. <laughs> like, I don't know what the word waifu means, but I'm inventing it now. <laughs> oh, my God. To describe what I feel for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, just cast Natalie Portman as a body pillow. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it's like, real. It, it's so wild. Um, it, okay, so they so they meet, and she's and she sounds like she's fifteen years old. But anyway, she's just like, hey, aren't you the guy that was in the movie? Didn't that you played the. Why you're gesturing to me to say the word, and I would prefer not to. The because I'm worried that it's gonna like be taken out of context and then turn into a dance remix where the <laughs> the, R the R word. word yeah the R word the R word is thrown around in this it's she's so just, much I'm well, like, it was is, 2004 I'm like is this yeah. an open mic because people are trying to bring oh, it back at open oh mics. my oh god. god it felt like but an open mic. I was like and wow she just wouldn't stop saying it it's so it's people like, one like, of the like they're so excited says. to say it yeah yeah she just yeah. she's like are you really um oh my god what if there was like an R word Oscar you would totally win and then like even after they've circled away from the conversation she's just like I can't believe you're not I'm just like what? did Zach Braff tell her to 
to like emphasize the R word in that line delivery? Yeah, I, I I'm think, sure I that gets him did. hard. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, he so, was like Natalie Portman, this very well educated, more successful than me actress <laughs> who would probably never say this. In her personal life, yeah. I want her to say this a bunch in this movie because yeah. that gets me off. Ugh. Oh my god, I feel. I'm sorry, okay. but that's my take on that. Yeah, so, I think so. I feel like we, this was this was an entire campaign to embarrass Natalie Portman because this is so <laughs> bad. It is so demeaning to her. This oh is my god, so gosh. bad. This is this is like a really this is a really bad treatment of her. Like Zach Braff is like a 29 year old playing 26 in this movie. Natalie Portman is how old was Natalie Portman? Oh my god. Okay, she is way younger. Give me a second to do some math. Math, math, math. And she's like still riding the money train of Star Wars prequels at this point, right? Yes. 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 So. yes. Yes, 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 yes. And she, but she but she also was in Closer this same year, which is one of my favorite performances from her. This exact same year she was in Closer. I just realized that now I'm so angry. I'm so mad. Closer is one of my favorite fucking Mike Nichols Closer, an amazing film. One of my favorite films. I have it on DVD. I have the written. I've I've actually based a play based on the writing style in that play. I love Closer. She's amazing in it. If she wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actress, she should have been. Anyway, she was 23 years old, gave a powerhouse performance in Closer, and had to do this in the same... Oh, oh, I'm mad now. I'm mad Where now. Where she had to do the whole I'm scene mad oh my god. the R word over Oh, my again. God. I'm so angry. So, um, <laughs> so angry about this. So, one last thing. Do either of you remember the scene in Being John Malkovich? where a guy just walks up to John Malkovich and says, hey, I loved you in that movie where you played an R-word and like kept saying the R-word over and over again. Oh, yeah. and that yeah. It's the and same joke. It's it, not only offensive, it's, it was done before. That movie that he was in, that was Of Mice and Men, right? That's a yes. person talking about Of Mice and Men. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Zach Braff stole a Charlie Kaufman he joke. He did. Wow, how dare he? He is And really, not even a great Charlie Kaufman no, joke. No, no. There are so many better jokes. Um... I'm I'm so I didn't want to let that go uncommented upon. I'm so mad. No, I, I yeah. I'm so mad that she was in closer this year. I'm I'm so mad. I'm really not going to recover. Was she in anything else good in 2004? I feel like, like in this movie she's not allowed to say anything remotely intelligent or interesting without either lacing it with the R word or like immediately after because it would not be intelligent or interesting if it's in it, or like having some rapid mood shift immediately like she's just yeah. not allowed to say anything ever even if it's like a joke like it has to be immediately followed by something that makes her feel like she's gonna i, I don't know like like she's gonna explode or something yeah or yeah. hop up and do another one of those blah 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 yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah. like Can we the, talk about that can we talk about oh yeah and she did the movie that she did right before this movie was cold mountain oh <laughs> Which makes me even matter. But anyway, we'll move on. Well, um, <laughs> actors, that's pretty, you know, standard. Thumbs the brakes. A job is a job. Oscar nominated. Any, um, the, okay, so she does this, like, um, thing where she's just like, I really like doing random things. You remember when random yes, was a thing? random was a thing. It was random. like, I'm random. You're so random. It's like the... Odd, the uh, 2000s version of what we in the 2010s would call dank. 
like a dank meme. Yeah. Like this is, it's a totally random. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, wow, so random. Oh, I consider myself random. Like, how yeah. many MySpace profiles had random as a descriptor? Oh, my Totes God. Random. I'm so cool. I'm so Soup's random. random. Super mm-hmm. random. And she'd just do this thing. The thing where she... Okay, do the thing. She walks to... She just walks into, like, an area of her room and does that. And she was just like, I just... I felt really cliche right then. And I just needed to do something original. It's right after she told him she didn't want to make out with him. And he wasn't even trying to make out with her. They were just having a conversation. But it was in her room sitting on her bed. And she goes, we're not going to make out. And he's like, oh, no, that's fine. I didn't think we were. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm being so weird. Oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, it's fine. And she's like, oh my god, I'm being weird. And then she goes up and she does the thing, and she's she like, that, I felt like, cliche. It's like a with the make out thing impression of the Tasmanian devil. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then she goes on this this like <laughs> this you know uh, diatribe that I I have I have it's to like imagine. A yes. <laughs> It's one of there's these moments in these movies where you know the screenwriter is just they feel like they're being so deep um or so original and this is one of those moments where she's meta in a meta sense she's talking about how when she doesn't feel original she'll make sure that she does something super weird in a space in her house that she knows no one else has done something super weird and that's why she made that sound because no one else has made that sound in that area of her room and that is her way to mark herself as original (laughs) and now zach braff must also do something original but he's like (gasps) he's embarrassed and he half-asses it and does like an impression of the kid from The Shining with his finger. Yeah, he's not ready. Um, he can't feel. Yeah, oh he's God. just not free enough. He's just not free enough, man. To, yeah. to Speaking of random humor, Jim Parsons. <laughs> is it is it time for Jim Parsons yet? I feel like I think we, we already skipped Jim Parsons. No, we didn't. We haven't gotten to the party yet. No, I thought the party was before the hospital. Oh, was the party before the hospital? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I figured Garden State, most people have seen it, so we're just jumping around, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, we're I not guess, really, like, I mean, people don't the... really, it's been 14 years, and it's, like, such a popular movie. Oh, I don't yeah, feel like anyone's going to get fucked up yeah. if we oh, jump Oh, yeah, around. we did skip the party. Cause, yeah. Oh, yeah, the party is, like, the day after the funeral. I wonder what, I was wondering what my note was where it, where it was, like, I think... Th- they're all legal. That's what it was because they oh, had like very yeah. young oh, girls God. at the party. And it does feel very realistic. Yeah. It's a very realistic shitty like, party. Yeah. Like you go home or whatever. And yeah, it's like just, I don't know. Get some drugs from a guy named Chad. And Somebody you kind of knew. Yeah. And yeah. then you're like in a house and there's other people you kind of know. And, and then like, there's like the first of many shots. You don't know if Zach they ever liked you, but you're with yes. everything sped up around him. Yeah. yeah. At every party. He's always there. It's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then uh, Jim Parsons. Um, so it's after the party and Zach Braff has like dick saw a dick on his face and like other stuff and it's like breakfast time and peter sarsgaard is there and it's like peter sarsgaard is his friend who's like a grave digger and his mom is Jean smart who's like you know one of those like floozy cigarette bomb tropes that everybody loves and for some reason love it his mother is dating a kid that they went to high school with, and that Who works at Medieval Times, <laughs> and it's played Pre-Sheldon. by Jim Parsons, who is just in a full suit of armor, 
and he speaks Klingon for no reason. He does. Because it's random. And by the way, shitty fucking Klingon. It's just oh. really god-awful Klingon. <laughs> just the syntax and the... Like, I'm, Jordan, I'm really glad you brought the Klingon rep. <laughs> okay, so um, if you didn't know, I spent like a year trying to teach myself Klingon because I wanted to do a video essay about the Klingon translation of Hamlet for my YouTube series where I talk about Shakespeare. And I know too much about Klingon to just... You spent... Not... That's a long... That's... That is a long time to study Klingon. Yes. They should have consulted you <laughs> for this movie. I'm you should be giving Klingon consultation oh for script writers okay. in LA. So Jim Parsons just is asked to speak in Klingon. He says something like Kuntar Gubali Pakcho. And I don't even know what that means, but it just like, doesn't even sound Klingonese. It's just it sounds like Spanish. Klingonese. Like you should Klingon should be sound should sound like you're hacking something up. That's um Klingon for alas poor Yorick. I knew him Horatio, a fellow in of infinite jest. I But anyway, um minor <laughs> minor point. Wow. <laughs> I'm just soaking this in. I'm just really soaking in this beautiful moment. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I ruined your podcast. No, no. No, you made it better. That was very that was very attractive, honey. <laughs> I was very into that. That was just uh just He's oh, actually, good. I have the Klingon dictionary around here somewhere. Oh my god! Kyle <laughs> is getting the Klingon dictionary as we as we speak. <laughs> oh my um, god. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> full suit of armor in this movie. The full, that, that, full that's suit of armor. How I felt when I saw him, I and, just and, and when I realized that he was um, having sex with uh, Peter's mother. Yeah, it also she was. She was into it. She's getting good sex from him. She's getting a good time. Twice his age, getting it in. I mean, yeah. I mean, twenty six. You know. I don't know. It's the same age as it's the same age as your son. I don't know. It's it's very weird because I mean, my mom once had a boyfriend who was my exact age, and I'm still not over that. And that was like years. That was like two yeah, years ago. Yeah, like I definitely. <laughs> I feel like if she didn't have a kid, or if she had a kid who was younger, I would be like, yes, get a girl, whatever. You're both adults. But because yes. he's in, he was in her son's class. Yeah, I'm like no, that is absolutely a boundary issue. Yeah, that is not very, okay. It doesn't matter strange. that he's. 26 and not 18 at least the guy that okay. my mom dated went to a different school was it a rival school yes <laughs> it's like better but worse oh my gosh so i couldn't find the klingon dictionary but i do have my copy of the klingon hamlet oh my god honey uh i'm handing it to Bronwyn right now okay um i know it's i know it has nothing to do with garden state proper but <laughs> I mean, it's definitely. I feel like I know more about you, though. <laughs> I feel like I feel really like getting I know, to know more Kyle. about. Um, okay, actually, the Kyle estate, the Kyle state, the so that didn't Kyle. work. That didn't work. So, Kyle, as a man, how do you feel about Garden State? How do you feel about the men in Garden State? Uh, it's distressing how common men like this are and were, um, and just. 
Because, like, it's it's about 14 years old, and I think that's enough time to start thinking about how much the, cult, the culture has changed and how much our standards have changed um, and how many things we just didn't handle as, you know, men in the context of, you know, a bigger picture. Like, like the whole R-word thing. Like the... Um, the unquestioned homophobia. I mean, he wakes up uh, after the party with um, faggot written on his chest. I don't know if many people remember that. Oh yeah, he, oh yeah. When he goes into the, when he goes into the MRI, the movie was the the idea of he, him being gay. There were a few times. Oh yeah, yeah there so were many times. Some, and and sometimes because he doesn't, you know, assert himself sexually to girls. And also you noted girls that who are teens. Well, yeah. except for Natalie Portman. That's <laughs> and you noted that his name, his last name is Largeman in the movie. Zach Braff's last name is Largeman. He is a large man. It's uh, masculinity seems fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just seems like everyone, I don't know, like Peter Sarsgaard probably made me sadder than any character because he just I wanted to know if he was okay. I yeah, no, he he's probably he's definitely he might be the only character I'm actually interested in. Like he was self medicating that, that got more than like one scene, you know. Yeah, he was self medicating with weed. He was alienated from his own mother. Um And he seemed was... to really want to prove himself to his mother. Like he felt like she didn't think that he was like worthy. Yeah, like she would give him suggestions, you know, money making suggestions, career yeah. suggestions, and he was defensive and it was obvious he felt stuck, but he didn't want to admit it. And I just generally find Peter Sarsgaard to be a more compelling actor than Zach Braff. Well, yeah, I I also <laughs> just I mean insert any actor's name there you know and not and that's not an insult <laughs> like um, well. that is not to downplay peter sarsgaard as as like you said being compelling himself but zach braff is just zach braff is very good at looking blankly into space honestly peter sarsgaard and Mally, maggie jillenhall are yeah. like <laughs> peter sarsgaard and maggie jillenhall are so Maggie Gyllenhaal are like a surprisingly strong couple of actors. Like usually it's like one's better than the other. Yeah, but I'm like, and, and no one's allowed really to say it out loud when they're around but them. I'm like, they're both but... really good. And they've still been together this long without doing a glamour project where they're together and play a married couple. So really, that's that, that's they're a... really the ones that are winning here. Yeah. <laughs> Bring uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal here. <laughs> honestly, I, I'm a, I'm staring I'm at this of cover the, of the Klingon Hamlet, just so you listeners know. I'm oh, part um, of the Maggie Gyllenhaal fan club. I, you know, oh, we're a small but same. fierce group. Um, illustration. <laughs> Absolutely. Maggie Gyllenhaal, not even in this movie, but you know what? Represent. But she's always lurking in she my is. mind. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm lurking around hers. Oh, my God. What if we ever did Secretary on the show? Well, we couldn't because I think it's a good movie, but it would be a weird If we ever really reach the bottom of the barrel and we lose our minds so hard on one episode, we need to do a palate cleanser. We should make a palate cleanser list because we're going to need those. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just us talking, us trying to talk about Secretary. <laughs> that would be It'll be a palate cleanser for us and no one else. <laughs> So, I mean, um, Garden State. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so the men, you were starting to say, right? Yeah, the men. It seems like there are so many problems with Zach Braff's own psyche that he seems to blame on his over-medication, or the character's over-medication. Yes, yes. And it's just so weird to see this movie come out and 
So when did the anti-vaxxer movement start? Because I'm trying to figure out when, like, the whole anti-psychiatry, anti- like treating mental illness thing started as this. Oh yeah. This is a very anti-meds movie, which is yeah. what, like, which, which I watched like while taking my Zoloft. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Myself. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's really interesting. Cause I mean, it, it really, I kind of feel like it takes the easy way out by being anti-meds instead of just being like, maybe you should figure out what works for you, which I mean, is kind of what the therapist that he'd speak, speaks to what the psychiatrist that he speaks to says but like it's very much like a this pill like his whole like like this pill like ruins my ability to feel oh my god his whole like it's very situational because in his situation he was medicated as a kid when yeah he was medicated like super early but the way he talks about it feels very very prescriptive to others like like that but but i i don't I mean, I didn't. I actually didn't think the movie itself was anti-med. I just felt like his character was anti-med. But I realize he's the main character because I feel like it the the psychiatrist journey. does have a voice of reason, and nobody else is like, yeah, like they listen to him talk, but they're not like, yeah, meds are bad. They're just like, really, huh? You're gonna not go on those? <laughs> yeah, everybody's, you know everybody's what I mean? pretty like, chill. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Like, they're like, huh, that's kind of like, are you sure? <laughs> like, everybody's kind of like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Everybody at the, like, his whole, his freak out at the end, which I, so I remember tweeting about it because I got really angry when he yells at his dad at the end. Not because I thought it was a bad scene, but because I thought it was a good scene. Yeah. And I was pissed that all the scenes before were not good. Because <laughs> it makes you realize that the movie could, I mean, there's so many great people in this movie. Right. And again, it makes you realize how much like how good it could have been. Right, exactly. Because and because I've never really thought that Zach Braff could act. The only times that I've ever seen him act like even watching Scrubs, I was just like, he's fine. He's fine. And then He the, knows how to work with other people's material. And every <laughs> once in a while he'll on Scrubs, he would really like turn out a really good episode. And it's when he really got into his emotion. And I think that Zach Braff cannot do emotionless like i think that the only time that he is good is when he is tapping into his emotions whether it's the like usually the whole like hi i'm just like up here and i'm just like hanging out with my black friend kind of thing that he does <laughs> like i mean that's <laughs> um, i mean <laughs> yeah you know i mean I, scrubs is that like scrubs that is just was like an the, excellent zach braff impression no that i love that jordan <laughs> I wish I had that on video. (laughs) Scrubs is just like, I mean, I don't know if you've thought about it recently, but I did where I was, I was just like walking and all of a sudden I remembered that song from Scrubs where it was like, it's guy love, guy love. Oh yes. I think about that song way too much. I think about guy love (laughs) way too much. (laughs) Then it's just like, that's, you know, and that's the kind of guy and every once in a while he'll like get angry or something, you know, when Dr. Cox really pushed him to the edge, but otherwise like he was never like numb and Zach Braff is really bad at playing numb because it just, because he's not, yeah, he's not emotive in the right ways to play that. He's well, kind of like a Muppet. Like, a Muppet can't just sit there. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> well, since he's the writer and director and star of this movie, I wonder if he just decided not to act because he knew how his character felt and he didn't have to give himself direction. I feel like that might be yeah. it. I feel like that I, might I be think it. he had so too much I, power for anyone to give him notes. Yeah, yeah. I just think that... Um, he gave himself the out of only emoting at the climatic scene where he confronts his father because he wanted I think to he, show I think much he wanted like, to be a 
be dramatic and show his dramatic side. Oh my god! And that climax. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I also think you know he outsourced uh, a lot of emotional labor to Natalie Portman, and she also she had to perform her character. Her character performed a lot of emotional labor, but also her character had to express five times as many emotions as him. So I just feel like he outsourced all emotional work to Natalie Portman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think so too. And it's, it's sad because she has to do it like within the constraints of this, of this script. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's, I'm going to get into a little like film criticism here. Here we go. Um, Oh, is this where we're going to talk about a little talk about what? Oh, never mind. A little, a little comparison of performances. Okay. Her character is supposed to be this like young, youthful, free spirited thing that like rejuvenates him. That is also kind of what she does in Closer. And it's very weird that, like, it's, it's, you can tell, like, the writing gap is, like, gigantic. I mean, in Closer, of course, it's, it's insinuated that she is performing as a free spirit because she thinks that that's what men want. And, you know, true. Um, (laughs) True. (laughs) Let's be real. Um, But, like, she, you know, she's, I mean, she's, like, the youngest person in Closer. She's, like, constantly just, like, wearing different colored hair, different wigs. She's, like, stripping. She's going on adventure. She's a waitress here. She disappears there. Like, she's doing all this other stuff while everybody's old and, like, British and And, like, it's just so weird that, like, somehow the direction for this character that's that's trying to do a similar thing like lacks so much awareness that she's just like a fucking tot yeah (laughs) so what i thought you were going to get into was the term what term mpdg oh that word, you know that yeah. w- you know that word that I that I don't like and that I did not mention in my recent essay. That <laughs> word, the manic pixie dream girl. I'll say it just in case anyone manic uh... pixie dream girl, which has nothing to do with j- my lovely girlfriend's essay about the recent film. Sorry to bother you by nothing. Boots Riley. Yeah, Boots yeah. Riley, leave my girlfriend alone. <laughs> He's gonna hear that. Leave her alone. I I respect your work. I'm tagging him in my promotion of this podcast. I am tagging him. Oh my god! Hi, boots. Um, I I I enjoyed your film. I do agree with my girlfriend's critique of it. I she it was meant entirely in good faith. I think you are you are a very intelligent person and a mature one. Um, so I you know I would like to extend a peace offering and. Just don't at my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So protective. Yeah, I don't. This is cute, you guys. The thing is, is cute. (laughs) The thing is, is that I don't use this term. The Manny Pixie Dream Girl is a white term created by a white male critic who has since taken it back. Um, I his name is uh, if I remember correctly, Nathan Rabin. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm. Not really a fan, um, but he seems fine. He seems okay. He seems at least understanding of what the word led to. Um, <laughs> but it's a bad term that doesn't really mean much. It, uh, it's a word salad that has... Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I'll let it, you. it doesn't yeah. really. It, it's very. Um, the best thing that I can say is that it's usually. Uh, I don't know. It, I, I personally just think it's just something. It, it's just a way that men think about skinny white girls with different colored hair who they don't understand. Like that. That's just really what it is. Like I feel like okay. You know when a guy breaks up with a girl and he's like, oh, she's crazy. I didn't get, she's crazy. I just, she could, and like you figure out that she wasn't crazy. He was just bad at communicating. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think that the Manic Pixie Dream Girl it's like, is. like, I don't know how to listen. And she had a septum piercing and <laughs> ring hair. Like. It, seems, it's an it seems like an interpretation of women where you're not, I had a guy t call me one. I've had men call me one before, only in condescending ways. Like a guy I went on a date with and he was just shitty. We went on a few dates and then like, I think I cried at one point and he was like, oh, you're like a, like that was his way of just being like, you're great. Like you're like a manic pixie dream. Like you're like crazy. Like we had a great, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it was, it's, it's, a term that was used, I think I do believe that he was trying to say that women are often underwritten as these fantasies, as yeah. these free spirit fantasies. And that is a real problem in film. But it has also now become this obnoxious, it kind of goes with quirky. It's like, it's another way to be sexist. It's like another way to act as if, oh, if a woman wears a bright color or um, if she's hyper, um, she's just this like, this uh she's not a full person essentially yeah exactly i'd argue mary sue has had the same trajectory yeah like, because it was something that came from yeah the woman's writing that became a derogatory term and, yeah. yeah but uh i'm trying to think as a guy a white guy a white guy who was a teenager in the 2000s a, a white guy who was a teenager in the 2000s and therefore the target demographic for this movie um I'm trying to think of how, okay, how old is the Manic Pixie Dream Girl as a concept? Like, what's the earliest moment in, like, literature that, I, I want to say Titania in A Midsummer Night's Dream, but mostly because she's an actual pixie, fairy, but, mm -hmm. but, like, narrative, <laughs> but narratively. I'm like, yeah, Tinkerbell, um, <laughs> yeah. no, she, um, she's, uh, she's too angry for that. Yeah, but narratively. It's, um, it's been there. It's, uh. What's the Joseph Campbell term? Um, the meeting of the goddess. Like, there's a part in the hero's journey where every hero meets a goddess figure, and he is metaphorically transformed, and he gets some great inner strength before he can go on and go into the belly of the beast and kill the dragon, yada, yada. Everyone's read Joseph Campbell by this point. Who cares? Um, and I guess that just kept getting downgraded and downgraded into the girl is the one who fixes the guy. But then also, yeah, and but she's also not given enough depth. Like it, like like Jordan was saying, there's like this. Be, she's because she's um, this idea. Mm -hmm. Then if it goes bad, then you can flip the idea over, and she's the bad version. Yeah. I think that's why it's yeah. uh, such a dehumanizing concept because it's like it's infatuation. Yeah, it's a personified infatuation, which, as we all know, when infatuation ends, it's very. Mm -hmm. 
you know. And what's yeah. more, it's someone who changes you, but someone who doesn't necessarily have to stay with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so much. There is, there's so much. That's why I'm pausing because I'm like, there's a lot to unpack. But it's just, but it's also um, just like, I'm just so annoyed that it exists. The thing about it is, is that like, it, I, I I assume it was a term originally created to talk about how men can't write women. So funny how we got away from that. Yeah, it started as a way for it started as an indictment on um, sexism, and it became another tool of sexism. Yeah, essentially, started as an indictment on men's uh, misinformed writing of women or perceptions of women, and then it became another tool to uh, project onto women. Yep, yep. The thing is, is that. This character is written like a child, okay? A child, a child. I mean, that's okay. what it goes back to. It's like an infantilizing she's, she's fantasy. Got, it's, okay. She, she, yeah, she, she feels uncomfortably childlike. She has like stuffed animals. It feels almost pedophilic. And Dowd plays her mom, by the way. She goes, she goes home and like her, she's got an adopted brother who is black, who like Zach Braff ha- of course, has to ask about, like, what's up with your black brother? And meanwhile, her brother's just like, we got some mac and cheese for ya! <laughs> it just makes you want to die. Also, that actor, oh my god, I need to say the the brother's name because I feel like it's... I f- uh, Titimbe, I think was his name. Oh yeah, that's, that's the character. Oh, that's the, the actual, character's you're name. You're talking about his the actual character, actor. The, the actor's name is Eito Ascendo, and he's a v- accomplished film and um, stage actor, has played like native son and shit, and he gets to be in this movie they and be like, you got some mac and cheese. He also is like dusting for a, looking for clues at some he's point. such yeah. a um, stereotype. This is, of, this is a man who has been a, on the African stage. An African man, yeah. Like the joke is that he's there. Yeah. The, much. Well, and the, it's like, like that. It's like when a character is supposed to have an accent, so it makes sense, but like it feels like it's used as like a way of t- to other th- them. Like, oh, he's like really happy, and he's from Africa, and he's like overcome the odds. Um, it's a very like w- like kind of white savory fantasy. Yeah. Of like, oh, look at how like great he is, and but also he's random. <laughs> like how random that he is here. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is he the counterpart to the Jim Parsons character? Uh, like he goes to different people's houses, and there's always one wacky joke character there. Well, there's too. kind of one wacky joke character wherever he goes. It's That's true. Like, it's just um, a bunch of like, wacky w- jokes. When he goes, because when he goes to Handy World near the end, we've got a uh, we've got Christina Hendricks' husband, um, who's just like trying to get him to join a pyramid scheme. Oh yeah, and it's like we're looking. For smart people like you, large, and I and I'm just watching him, just like you're married to Christina Hendricks, and it's very yeah, it I'm does it, it very much. <laughs> a lot of it feels like that a, a heavy-handed, um, uh, like the the idea of you know people think that places that aren't L.A. or New York don't have anyone interesting, but they do. Everywhere does, which is true. Right. Yeah. But this movie just feels like a very heavy handed way of saying that. Yeah. In a lot of ways, like there's quirky weirdos everywhere. Quirky. Oh, my God. Oh, quirky. We, we, quirky weirdos. We I just say I said how much I hate quirky as a word, <laughs> especially used about women. But it, it the movie does that. It does. 
Uh, <laughs> we forgot to mention that <laughs> Natalie Portman kills pets so often that she has a pet cemetery, and it's it's insinuated oh, right. that they are all her pets. Like they're not like family pets; they're yes. her pets. And uh, she's like, "Oh, it's okay. A lot of them are fish." Like, Who the hell buries a fish? That's so gross. Oh my god. Okay, and then um, there's also uh, God Method Man. Method Man, who is I'm still not sure exactly what place he is working at. Like what the thing place actually sells? Is he selling like a peep show? He's a bellhop at a luxury hotel who hosts peeping sessions of various hotel rooms, is what Wikipedia says. They got Method Man to play this role. Yes. Why Method Man? What does Method Man bring to this role? That uh, Probably like most white men who think that they're cool and have black friends, Zach Braff likes the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that that completely checks out. And <laughs> yeah, Method Man, Method Man is plays a, an assortment of random roles in movies. He really like, that does. is a thing he does. So I feel it makes it like it. It's and the one time he started a movie, it was like him and Red Man go to college or something and like smoke a lot of weed. I think yeah was the plot. Um, anyway, <laughs> so. I, I love this where like they go and they're just like there's like a peep show and <laughs> and Zach Braff is upset because his pure pure as the driven snow <laughs> companion Natalie Portman has <laughs> seen such filth. Um so young, so pure, so she and and so yeah. and he so, will be the one to introduce her to filth. Ugh. And then <laughs> of course, like no, no, no you're right. But no. I know he gets I know. a line. He gets a line in this movie where he's just like, "Wait, wait, raise your hand if you just saw some titties. Did you all see some titties? Okay, well then everybody calm the fuck down." <laughs> and it's just like, "What are we watching?" Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick reminder that Miramax made this movie. Um, throwing it out there. <laughs> okay, so like post. Okay, so post the fall of the Weinstein's, I think just there's going to be huge like critical like rehashing of the entire Miramax filmography because I I guarantee just some of these. There's a lot. There's a there's lot. lot. There's a lot to be. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. This movie. So I mean, we this... gotta we gotta like. There's a point. There's a point to this movie, right? I yeah. Mean, okay. And so it's just like it's just like a lot of like him meandering around. the The plot really doesn't. There isn't really like a plot until they run into Method Man because um Peter Sarsgaard is like, oh, I got a going away present for you, but we got to track it down, and that just causes like a whole adventure. But before the adventure, does anything really happen? Like anything of substance before the I mean, adventure? I mean, aside from the Natalie Portman stuff, I we guess. have to address the conversation. Okay, where <laughs> he reveals um, how, like, not only how his mom died, but why it's so weird for him to be back. Oh, right. So yes. one of the nights, like, he goes drinking with a bunch of people, and they go in a pool, and then of course he can't swim. But Natalie Portman's like awesome about it, you know, and everyone else is kind of like whatever. And then they're all drying off and they're by like a really nice fireplace and I'm really obsessed with it and I want to sit by that fireplace. Oh yeah, me too. 
and he's sitting with Peter Sarsgaard and Natalie Portman and that other guy. Um, and <laughs> um, basically they're asking about his mom's death and he's like, well, she was paraplegic and they think that she like fell in the water and that's how she drowned. Um, and then it basically comes up that he had gone to boarding school and they're like joking. They're like, oh, yeah, your parents sent you away. And he's like, no, I mean, I went to boarding school and send me away. And they're like, well, yeah, they did. Like, why did they send you to boarding school? And it's revealed that when he was like a kid, like eight or something, he was mad at his mom and like shoved her, um, which, you know, isn't great. But that's also something that kids like do. Yeah. He was eight. He was eight. Like, yeah. like I've nannied like I. Yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> I'm like, if shoving people normally results in this, I would be dead. <laughs> um, uh, and he shoves, he shoves his mom, and she falls because of a latch on the dishwasher, and then, like, hits her head, like, falls backwards and hits her head on the sink, and then becomes paraplegic. So, his dad, um, who I think was already a psychiatrist... Um, and like decides that, you know, Zach Braff is violent and he has a problem and he needs to get medicated and all this stuff. And after a few years of medication and stuff, like he's still act like they still think something's wrong with him. And I'm like, yeah, his, his mom, you guys are all blaming him for this. Of course he's upset. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a kid growing up yeah. and he's starting puberty, of course. And then they send him away to boarding school and this is his first time home since going to boarding school he hasn't seen his parents in 10 years and now his mom's dead so that's a big reveal and like right after the reveal peter sarsgaard gets summoned by a woman in a bikini <laughs> and then goes <laughs> off <laughs> to be with the woman in the bikini yeah like, like directly after yes and she's just like oh hey and she's like cu- like she's wet from the pool and then uh and then he's alone with natalie portman so that she can like look in his eyes and absorb his emotion but then be like i'm so sorry that i exist <laughs> this movie. i feel like winded from that <laughs> i mean good for you for putting that work in because this 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 is a white movie that just like washed over me like i just feel I'm like so i'm sorry Jordan. you've been whitewashed I, f- I feel like i just like you know went down a water slide and instead of like coming up, I just stayed down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's exactly how Zach Braff felt during this movie. Oh my God. And like, so there's, there's go, a giant hole go. in this movie <laughs> and they go, they go look, they go look. I don't know. I thought the screenplay was very tight. <laughs> And they go look in. They they scream into the infinite abyss. Oh okay. yes, there's a couple that lives in an old boat because they're going to. The city is like figuring out what to do with this abyss, and so this couple lives by the abyss to oversee it for the city. Leading to my favorite scene in the film: a uh, simple shot, reverse shot setup. Okay, shot of a character named Andrew. No, wait, sorry, uh, Andrew and uh, Albert, Andrew being the Zach Braff character. Albert says goodbye, and then Andrew says, hey, Albert. Reverse cut to Albert. Yeah, he turns around and looks. Reverse cut again to Andrew. Good luck exploring the infinite abyss. Cut back to Albert. Thank you. Cut back to Zach Braff, <laughs> Natalie Portman, starting to walk away. And hey, 
They turn around. Cut back to Albert. You too. Thanks. Oscar, Oscar worthy moment. (laughs) I did not see that coming. Truly hit me like a, a barrel of cliches. Yeah. My other favorite shot is the scene right after they all uh, yell into the, into the abyss. And then Natalie Portman and Zach Braff kiss passionately. Oh my gosh. The camera, yes. The camera moment. And Peter Sarsgaard is just, the camera just slowly dollies in as Ah. he just floats out of the frame. Yes. With no emotional. I felt so bad for him. I was like, this is so (laughs) not cool. But also their characters are such annoying people that they totally would do that shit. They would totally like have their first kiss while he's standing there in the rain. <laughs> this, this, I had to just grunt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I had to do. This is a very uh, kind of a movie. <laughs> it is. It is. We're exploring an infinite abyss. Okay, so like they like, find, so they finally have sex, which is funny because I do not believe that this this character, this Natalie Portman character, would have. I sex. don't believe Zach Braff has sex. <laughs> Oh no! Oh my god! I, I think he just like goes up to people and waits for something to happen. <laughs> oh my god! Well, his dick definitely doesn't work ever. Oh I'm sorry, my god. that's a low blow. But like his character, like he no, there's it's not there's no connection there. She's she no, none of the bits work. Neither no. of their bits work. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. I I just like they I can't. Oh my god! I feel like if they tried to kiss, one of them would just like. Like, I don't know, like, drool would just, like, drip down. Like, they would just be so caught up. Like, they don't... I, I, or one of them would separate and go... Bleh, 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 bleh. Yes, no, absolutely. Natalie Portman would do that, and then he'd laugh and be like, I love that you're a child. And then they'd go to sleep. So, apparently... With okay. the shins playing in the background. <laughs> uh, well, okay. yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, apparently, 2004 is the year that, that Zach Braff started dating Mandy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when was Walk oh. to Remember made? Um, I think, I think it was, was like, after this. I think this uh, no, it was before this. It was? Yes. I thought it, it was, was like, like 2005. Two, it was like 2002. Oh my gosh. Ish. Yeah, a Walk to Remember was before this. So she was already a star. Yeah, Walk to Yeah, no Walk to Remember was 2002 and she was the bad girl in Princess Diaries in 2001. So she was she was already doing stuff before him. What Okay, so this is a random thing that has nothing to do with the movie, but this is a little tidbit from the Wikipedia page about Zach Brown cuz I was trying to figure out if he fucked Uh-oh. or if he had any children. He does not have any children. Um but in episode 4.3 of the MTV show Punked, which aired on March 20th, 2005, yes, Braff was filmed yelling at a teenaged actor. He was unwittingly appeared on the show at the behest of his Scrubs co-star Donald Faison, who pranked Braff by having an actor spray paint Braff's new Porsche with fake paint. Braff pursued and caught the teen actor and tried to punch him in the stomach. This was edited out of the episode. <laughs> oh. I know what I'm watching on the train ride home. I'm oh just saying my that. God, he tried to beat up a kid. Oh. He tried to beat I up a kid. I also love that Donald Faison was like, like, it's like he. Donald Faison had to know that Zach Braff had no chill, and that's why he wanted to prank oh, him. 100%. But he did not realize how little chill 
the Zach Braff hat until he was like, oh shit, he oh really my God. can't. Is he Donald really Faison can't like hang. the Zen friend in that friendship? Absolutely. You have to be, right? Oh, oh yeah, my God. Absolutely. Does Zach Braff have anger problems? I mean, that would explain the scene that I was about to talk about. Okay, so after he has sex with Natalie Portman, he goes to cuss out his dad with so much anger. The jersey jumped out. He's, his voice sounded different. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, I was, I was, I was fully there for it. I I was was, feeling it. I was just like, why isn't he in any mafia movies with this fucking accent? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am, I am here for the Zach Braff rebranding because I I feel like he, he couldn't really do a young mafia guy. So I feel like he's now like he might be able to start aging into the like middle-aged mafia guy. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. This is what I want. I want to start this campaign. Let's go. Cause, cause that anger was for real. Yeah. Cause he was just. And he was doing the whole like angry repeating things like, you know what I, you know what I think? You know what I think? Yeah. You know, you know, what, I, you know what I really think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you talk oh. to me. You talking to me. Am I funny? I'm, you think I'm funny? Am I a clown? You do I amuse you? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like he was, he went in on little, he went in on Bilbo Baggins. He really did. He went in. Um. <laughs> Bilbo. Bilbo. <laughs> and it's just and it's just like I think it was just a I think it was just a shitty door. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah, and like, he's like, and it you know, and he goes, you know, four inches of plastic have affected my life so much. Four inches of plastic. <laughs> he doesn't run a deli. <laughs> four yeah, inches that- of plastic ruined my life. What do you want to do? Just hey, I mean I got people kids to feed. You know, you're gonna order or what? <laughs> Good luck staring into the abyss. <laughs> oh my gosh, someone's gonna take I'm the no accent. I'm not Superman. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. It's oh, and then like, yeah. He uh, and then he leaves, and he gives Natalie Portman the little speech. It's like you changed my life, but it's only been four days. This is the beginning of something big, but right now I gotta go. <laughs> And she's like, "You're never coming back." And then he's then he like, back. "And then he's like, actually, um, this isn't a period; it's an ellipsis." <laughs> and I was fuck like, "Oh, you. fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> fuck all you the way fuck off. off! Fuck off into the sea! Go into please, the sea! Please die! Sit down in the sea and <laughs> let the sea wash over you until you cannot breathe." Um, <laughs> and then, spoiler, he. Gets, he doesn't he doesn't go. He doesn't leave. He runs to Natalie, who is crying in a phone booth in the airport. Yep. Crying in an airport phone booth. Because wow, what that a is time a poetic. Capsule. Yeah. And and he's like, you know what I said about figuring myself out? Um, well, you know what? It's not an ellipses because like this is all we have and this is life and and I love you and and, and this like, moment and we and gotta do it. And then he goes and what wh- and then she's like okay and then they kiss and then he's like what are we gonna do? And then they kiss and then it's over. Needle it's just like what are we credits. gonna do? Like you know, and she's not gonna move like to L.A. Shitty, because she's eighteen. Uh, <laughs> and he's definitely not gonna move back. Well, he's probably gonna move back in with his dad. Let's be real. Oh, one one good thing about her character, um, I actually have one nice thing to say about Natalie Portman's character, Sam. When she talks about how she did she did she lose her job, right? She lost her job. 
she, yeah. she got in trouble with her job. Oh, yeah. No, she had an epileptic fit at her job, and they said that insurance wouldn't cover it because she didn't have preventative coverage on. So because she didn't have her helmet on at work and she had the seizure, the uh, her work decided that they weren't going to cover it because they were just like, well, you should have protected yourself. Low-key... Loki pointing out. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I yeah. noticed that too. I was like pointing out like the flaws in our healthcare system. Yes, Loki pointing out the flaws in our healthcare system. You know, I, so I'd like to think that like you know when she finally got old enough to go to college, you, <laughs> you know, whenever her baby teeth came out, um, she <laughs> she stopped saying the R word and she started using she, a pla- her platform for good. She, you know, she she joins a bunch of like organizations on campus that are about unionizing and single payer health care. I believe that. And she puts all her little energy into like really good signs. Oh yeah. She just becomes like a wacky activist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm here yeah. for that glow up. Yeah. Yeah. I like wacky to- activist glow up. Yeah. And honestly, like I could, t- the thing about her like being epileptic is that I feel like she did a really it was it was a good performance, and I also appreciate that she did not have any seizures in the movie because I feel like Zach Braff doesn't really didn't really have the range to no do definitely that, not. Do that well. But she like I think it was like I think she was like actually really it's not terrible disability representation at all. The only thing that really sours it is that you know that she's epileptic because. Zach Braff thought it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be- no, because like it's like he, a fun character. He's right. like, oh, exactly. how she's got a helmet. He lit- I mean, funny? the description literally says eccentric. Yeah, before yeah. epileptic. Yeah, so, yeah. It's obviously he's like, this is you know, it's not fatal, but you know, it it makes her life harder, and that will make her more interesting. Yeah, layers. This is how we. This is how we write our female. Because I mean, men are really great at writing female characters. Wow. I mean, just, they don't really need any help at all. Like, no critique or anything. I mean, why do we even, why do we even have a podcast, really? I mean, what are we, what are we even doing? I, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we're really speaking the truth. trying know. to take notes so that one day we can write female characters as strong as the men in the canon right. of bad yeah. romance films. Yeah, really. <laughs> true, true, true. You guys uh, can't see, but I'm taking a knee. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a lie. Just trying to be Natalie Portman. <laughs> Lying. Okay, uh, it's a question. Is there a good version of Garden State? Is there a good version of Guy Comes Back to His Hometown? Because there are a million Guy Comes Back to His Hometown movies. Um, are they, or can you think of any good ones? The yeah. Graduate. Does that count? Is it really coming back? I mean, yeah, I, mean, he's coming, I guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess he's coming back from college. He's, he, yeah, I guess it just doesn't feel it like feels a town different. because he's rich. Yeah, it feels he's different. Rich, so it feels, feels less towny. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Graduate is a good movie. It is good, yeah. It, you know. You're talking about like a middle to lower class movie. Yeah. yeah. Um... Uh, um now this movie isn't Mumblecore, but it was made at the same time as the rise of Mumblecore, and all of those were about kids coming back from college, at the start. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like a bunch of, <laughs> oh yeah, tiny furniture. <laughs> yeah, tiny, yeah that, that counts. Tiny furniture counts. Tiny fur. 
you know, I still. I mean, I, if we're gonna include women, you know, we could do young adult. Oh well, for yeah, sure. I love young adult, but but yeah, I don't know. This is a weird. This is a weird, incredibly white genre, which is because everybody comes back to their hometown at some point. But for some reason, this genre is it is a very is, white is genre. Mostly white, yeah, and it's just like about like <laughs> my parents. Oh, no. You do not sound like that. I must. I must find. I. I kind of wish I sounded like that when I went home. <laughs> oh dear. Here I, I am without gainful employment and no longer supported by the estate of my parents. <laughs> it seems Berries that and cream. Berries and cream. I'm just oh. a boy who loves berries and cream. All of us are getting older. I have noticed. All of us. All of us. <laughs> what do I do with this information? You know, the, you, what's a what, barrel towards death? You know, the, the most <laughs> annoying thing about Garden State is that, like, he gives Natalie Portman this um speech about like how you know when you come home and it's and it's not your home anymore and it doesn't feel like your stuff and you you feel misplaced and blah 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 and it's just like and I'm just sitting there sitting as a person who does not really have a home to go home to and be like, at least there's a house that you can go to that you can live if your career doesn't work out and you'll be fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's what real. Are, what are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah, no, that's real. There's, there's an assumption there, right? Like, well, you know, you come back to the house that your parents own. I think that that's what drives me nuts owns. about these yeah. movies where it's just like, they go home and they're just like, this, this big luxurious this house. This big room that used to be mine that no one sleeps in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's um this <laughs> genre this genre of movie is kind of like the Ben Folds song uh, "Rock in the Suburbs." If it was a genre <laughs> of movie, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, honey, do you feel tacked? I think we should end I the episode because I, I think we're because <laughs> we have gone so far from the movie. Um, but I think yeah, like uh, the Graduate, Young Adult. Um, there's you guys just, you know what? what here's the thing what? garden state has melted our brains yes we can't we can't think anymore because all we can hear is the shins and it's an epidemic we need to all go take medication for it honestly yes i'm doing the backing soundtrack for this montage as we this end. Oh wait, that's not the song that ends the movie. Um, you know, it's there's beauty in the breakdown. This has somehow been the bad romance podcast. <laughs> somehow, somehow, so accurate. Uh, there is no beauty in a breakdown. Uh, Lies. Okay, uh, you should follow us on Twitter. <laughs> you should listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, what's Spotify. The other one? Spotify. You know, um, you should send us emails. You yes. should tell us what we should review next. Yes, you yes, should yes. love us and everything. Live, laugh, love. Be nice. You should, if you live in New York, you should come to Madams of the Universe um, sometime. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, you should listen to Bronwyn's Creep podcast for some e cards. Yes. Uh, yep, yep, yep. All, all the things we plugged, all the things. I'm Jordan Searles. Oh yeah, Browse Held High, my, and my YouTube show. Oh that's yes, me. Kyle yeah. has a YouTube show called Browse Held High. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Yes, yes. I'm you shocked I haven't done. I'm shocked I haven't done Browse uh, Garden State on Browse Held High in the eight years I've been doing this. No, yeah, it's I'm, fresh I'm, in your mind now. If you want to really um exercise the demon more. <laughs> yep. Oh God, I'd have to research this damn. Oh, please do it. I'd be really amused. I would definitely want to glean those facts. Um, anyway, Browse Hell Tie, pay attention to it. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac and Kyle Calgren, Jordan Searles. And we love you. We do. Stay let beautiful. Go, let go. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Oh, yeah. Back it up, back it up. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's dump this